Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. So a guy's looking in the newspaper and he, uh, he sees that there's a, a, a revival being held at a local worshiping community. So he, he decides to go. And after, after hearing a, a, a rousing sermon, the preacher invites people to come down for prayer. If anybody needs prayer, to come down. So he's going through a hard time, and, and, and so he decides that he's going to go down. And he goes down, and the, and the, and the preacher looks at him and says, and says, Brother, how can I pray for you? And uh, he says, I need prayer for my hearing. So the, the preacher puts a hand on either side of his head, you know, over his ears, and he, and he prays for him. A, 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 a confident, bold prayer. Uh, and, and, and when he finishes, he takes a step back and he says, Brother, how's your hearing? And the guy looks at him and he says, I don't know. My hearing's not till Thursday. <laughs> and then, of course, there was the family gathered around the table for dinner, and the father looked at his son and said, Son, would you give thanks to the Lord for the food that we're about to enjoy? The boy looks at the table and looks at his father, and he said, Dad, If I give thanks for this food that's on the table, don't you think God is going to know that I'm lying about the broccoli? (laughs) Prayer. You know, we spend so much time on prayer, talking about prayer. We have books on prayer. I have a whole shelf of books in my library on nothing but prayer. And it still remains one of the greatest mysteries of our faith. As James prepares to close out his letter, he has some important thoughts to share with us on prayer. If you have your Bibles, open them, please, to the fifth chapter of James. Remember that I've said over and over again that James is kind of like a, a, a midterm exam. And, and actually, next week, uh, uh, as, we ra- as we finish up the, uh, the, the, the book of James, I want you to be prepared for a midterm exam. Now, midterms, you'll remember that midterms are great because a midterm exam gives you a self-assessment of where you are on a given subject, and you know you still have a half a semester in order to kind of regroup and focus on the areas in which you are a little weak. James is the bishop. He is the leader of the church in Jerusalem. He He is fully and completely Jewish, but he understands that Jesus is the Messiah. And so he's challenging us throughout this book to recognize that there's going to be trials and tribulations in our lives, but to be faithful, asking God for wisdom, knowing that God will respond if we ask. There's so many things that he talks about in here, specifically about the, about the tongue and, and, and how he, he reminds us of the words of Jesus, that it's not what goes into the body that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. Because what comes out of the mouth reveals what's in the heart. And how powerful 
that little muscle is and how untamable the tongue is that we use this tongue to, to celebrate and honor and praise God, and then we use it inappropriately toward those who are created in God's image. He reminds us to be both hearers of the word and doers of the word, so that we're engaging, so that our faith actually makes a difference in our lives. If our faith doesn't make a difference in our lives, it's not a faith worth having. talks about the wisdom from above and the wisdom from below. And we've talked about the authorities in our lives, both external and internal. And those external authorities in both, we're subject to both. The, 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 the authority of culture presses in on us 24-7. But we also have an external authority in the Word of God. Internally, our own conscience battling with us against the Holy Spirit that resides. So, prioritizing the, the, the influences in our lives, James wants us to understand that those are choices that we must make as we self-assess and do a deep dive. Lord, how am I really doing in all of this? Patience. He exhorts us to patience. And then in this fifth chapter, He has two thoughts for us. One on oaths, but mostly on prayer. Listen to the word. Chapter 5, verses 12 through 18. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear. Not by heaven, or by earth, or by anything else. Let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Or you will be condemned. Is any one of you in trouble? He or she should pray. Is anyone unhappy? Well, let them sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? Well, he or she should call the elders of the church to pray over him or her and to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord and The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you will be healed. The prayers of a righteous, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. He prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. We read those words, we hear those words, and I think most of us, we, 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 we stop and we pause to try to figure out what we're doing wrong. Is there anybody here ever uh, prayed a prayer and not got what they wanted? Yeah. And we chuckle at that. And and I 
you know, you hear stories, I hear stories about people who say, you know, I read in the Bible, it says, ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and the door will be answered to you. Jesus says, ask for what you want, ask, it, ask in my name. Uh, and, 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 and I will, and I will give it. And, and here, the, you know, James is, James is pretty explicit. Uh, uh, if anybody is sick, you should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered up in faith will make the sick person well. Period. There's a period. Yep, there's a period. Uh, of course, that was added later because, you know, when it was first written, there was no punctuation. That's a sermon for another day. But let me start here at the, Verse 12, brothers and sisters, do not swear either by, by heaven or earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. What is he really telling us there? I think he's telling us to be people of integrity. If you have to, if you have to qualify what you're saying by, you know, I, I swear to God, I'm not lying. What does that, does that tell me that if you don't say that, the other times that you're talking to me, you are lying? You know, it used to be in a court of law, you had to put your hand on a Bible when you were doing a witness, being a witness, put your one hand on the Bible, you raise your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth to help you, God? And you say, I do, I will, whatever. I wondered, I wondered is that still the case today? And actually, there's three different formulas that, that can be used now. And it's the judge's prerogative. If the judge wants you to pray, so help, so help me God, then, then the, the court clerk can say that. But if the judge doesn't want it, there are other, there are other uh, formulas that can be used. But if you have to tell people that you're telling the truth, what does that tell them for the rest of the time? And, and Jesus said the same thing. J- James is referring back to what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, don't swear by anything because you can't change anything. You can't change the color of your hair or the number of hairs on your head. You can't add one day to your life. Just let your yes be yes and your no, no. Be people of integrity with regard to your speech. And of course, that goes back to what he said earlier in chapter 3. When he talks about the tongue and how great a forest can be set by such a small fire. But it's this passage on prayer that I think we struggle with the most. What is prayer? I asked that question. So Friday morning at 11 o'clock, we have an online pre-sermon Bible study. So we talk about the passage. And then on Saturday morning, it's a men's Bible study at 7 o'clock online. Uh, and I read the passage and I, we talk about it. So what is prayer? What, what is it? Simple answer. Simple answer is prayer is talking with God. Period. So when you say prayer doesn't work, what are you actually saying? That I've lost my powers of speech? Prayer is talking with God. Now, as we we engaged in our service today, uh, how how many different kinds of prayer have we already engaged in this morning? Look at your bulletin. 
the opening prayer, the opening prayer of adoration. That's a, that's a specific kind of prayer. Uh, prayer of confession. That's prayer, but it's a different kind of prayer. It's still prayer. Uh, prayers, uh, uh, pastoral prayer for the people. Corporate, corporate prayer. Uh, or, and part of that corporate prayer was intercessory prayer. So we start categorizing the different kinds of with different kinds of prayer. We we need and we need to have that in the forefront of our mind, or at least in the back of our mind, especially when we start throwing out statements like prayer doesn't work. Prayer doesn't work. So we have prayers of adoration. There are prayers of thanksgiving. Prayers of confession, prayers of intercession. Prayers of petition, prayers of lament. Prayers of lament are probably some of the most important prayers that we have. And of those of you who, who, who know me the best, you, you, you know what my, my, my favorite prayer? Ah! You know, in Romans, Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf translating those groans and utterings into meaningful expressions of prayer. There are some times when we just don't have the words. Reminds me of a, of a, of a, of a cute story. Uh, uh, a pastor, uh, that, when I was a, a new Christian, uh, his, his oldest daughter was, was sick. And so he asked his youngest daughter, uh, she came up and said, Daddy, what's wrong? And he said to her, your, your sister's very sick. Would you pray for her? And the, and the youngest daughter said, yes, Daddy, I will pray for her. And she got down on her knees and started reciting the alphabet. And, and, and he says, uh, Jill, what are you doing? She goes, well, you told me to pray for my sister, and I just, I just don't know what to pray for, so I'm just going to give God the letters and let him make up the words. Oh, that's good theology. That's good theology. We don't always quite know. Those are prayers of lament that go to the very depths of our souls. So which one of these prayers doesn't work? I'm sorry, prayer doesn't work. Is it, is, it, is it your prayers of adoration? Are those the ones that don't work? Is it prayers of thanksgiving? Are those the ones that are not working? Prayers of confession? Well, let's not talk about that. Uh, actually, he'll talk about that in a minute here. And, and, and there's an important uh, piece here to note. Let's get down to it. The prayers that don't work are the prayers we intercede on behalf of someone or on an issue, and we don't get the answer that we want. How many of you are parents? How many of you have hand up? If you have kids? All right, all right. Keep it up for a minute. Keep it up for a minute. I want you to pull your hand down if you have never said no to your child. Okay. Did you lower your hand, Mr. Mosier? <laughs> Has your father ever said no to you? <laughs> okay, you can lower your hands. You can lower, you can lower your hands. You know what? But we don't, want, we don't want to hear no. 
And sometimes we forget that God is our Heavenly Father. And as our Heavenly Father, He knows a little bit more about what we need than what we think we want. Well, David, you're kind of skipping the issue here because James says right here. Well, let's take a look at what James is saying right here. I love this. (laughs) Is anyone in trouble? Well, he or she should pray. What kind of prayer is that? If you're in trouble, you're you're offering up a prayer petition. Lord, I, I, I need help. I need help. And sometimes it's just to help to get through whatever it is that we're struggling with. You want to get more specific than that? then be prepared for the fact that God has three answers to prayer. Three. Sometimes God says yes, because I love you. Sometimes He says yes, but not yet, because I love you. And the third answer that God has for our prayers sometimes is no. God says no sometimes. I heard that there was a fourth answer, too, uh, maybe a little irreverent, uh, but sometimes God says, you've got to be kidding me. I don't know. Okay. So we have prayers of petition. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't a song of praise be a prayer of adoration or thanksgiving? Couldn't it be? Of course it could be. It's a wonderful way. In fact, if you find yourself kind of uh, struggling and, and in, a, in a bad mood or, or, or just feeling a little down in the dumps, just start singing your favorite hymn. You'd be amazed at the power a simple hymn can have in transforming your attitude at a given moment. If anybody is happy, let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone sick? Well, call the elders of the church to pray over them. Who are the elders? By the way, that's the, that's the title of the sermon, calling all elders. Who are the elders of the church? And in, in pre-Jesus days, when the temple was up and running in all his full glory, when you, had a, when you had a problem, who did you go to? You went to the priests. And the priests would pray for you. And they had some, they had, there's a, there's, a, there's a formula in the Bible for anointing oil. And there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, and, and there, was a, there was an understanding that there was some, and, and, and certainly in certain oils, there are some medicinal value that, uh, that can make a difference. I remember as a kid, my, my mom putting Vicks VapoRub on my chest when I had a cold. Uh, healing oils, they're out there. I don't want to take away from that. But that was a part of the process of what they did. But when Jesus comes along and the sacrifices are over, he changes the nature of the priesthood. Prior to Jesus, in order to be a priest, you not only had to be a Levite, but you had to be a descendant of Aaron. So a pretty narrow band. And those were the people, the descendants of Aaron, were the ones who actually occupied the, and, and conducted the priestly functions within the community. They were the ones you went to first. But when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave, He was the final sacrifice. 
And the nature of the priesthood changes. Do you remember uh, at the foot of the mountain when uh, Moses brought the Israelites to God out of, out of slavery? And in uh, chapter 19 of the book of Exodus, which is really cool. Chapter 20 is where we get the Ten Commandments. Everybody knows that. Uh, but chapter 19 is, is really cool because basically God says to the nation of Israel, I brought you out of Egypt because I love you. Uh, and uh, in, in, implied in that is you're free to go. But then he goes on to say, if you will stay and be my people, I will be your God. And, and I think we can do some pretty cool stuff together. I will create of you a nation of priests. Israel, Israel was ordained by God to be a nation of priests. If Israel is the nation of priests, who's the congregation? The rest of the world. The Gentiles. But in Jesus Christ, we are no longer male or female. We are no longer free or slave. We are no longer Jew and Gentile. In Jesus Christ, we become a priesthood of all believers. We, who are followers of Jesus Christ, comprise the priesthood of God's kingdom. So who's our congregation? The pre-believers. The people who have yet to hear the word. The people who are questioning. The people who are watching. The people who are trying to figure out if there's any substance to what you're saying. And I will know if there's substance to what you're saying by watching how you live your life. So who, if anyone's sick, he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered up in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will, the Lord will raise him up. So, there's a lot of bad theology out there when it comes to prayer, folks. I have heard, I have heard colleagues tell people, that the reason that God has not answered their prayer is because they lack faith. That's bad theology. James says it's not about your faith. Do you remember? You remember when uh, the, the 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 paralytic was brought to Jesus, and uh, the, and the and the room the the, the it was the, the place was packed. And so the friends, they got up on top of the roof and they, and they dug a hole in the roof. Uh, and can you imagine being in a crowded room and all of a sudden little bits of dirt start falling off? You're looking up and, oh, you're putting a skylight in. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, and they lowered their friend before Jesus. And, and it was because of the faith of the friends that Jesus said to the guy, pick up your mat and walk. And he did. So it's not necessarily about my faith. It could be about your faith. So I'm not being healed. You and I have some talking to do. Because I've asked you to pray for me. And I'm still waiting on some, on some answers to prayer that haven't come yet. So what's up? So, so you call all the elders. We have a responsibility that's called offering up prayers of intercession for one another. And, 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 and if you come to my office, I, if, if I've, got, uh, I've got a little seating area there, and I've got one chair. I've got, there are two chairs and a little couch and a coffee table. And on one of the chairs, there's, a, there's, a, there's an oil stain about this big. 
because one day I was there with my dear friend, Reed Smith, who is now with the Lord. I miss Reed. Probably not as much as Jan, but I miss Reed. He was just, I loved it. He was a mountain of a man. Uh, and, and boy, could he rock a kilt. Uh, but uh, he came into my office, and, and a group of us gathered around him, and we prayed for him. Uh, and some of the oil uh, dripped onto the chair. And he said, sorry about that. And I said, don't you be sorry about that. I, I said, that's just a great reminder to me that our friendship is eternal. And the Lord took him. And we had a, there was a, there was a, in fact, we probably still have it if you're interested. How are we doing? Yeah, we, we probably still have it. Uh, uh, before he died, I had opportunity in service to interview Jan and Reed right here and ask them questions about, about, about life and death. Because, you know, we don't really do death well in our culture. We don't want to talk about it. It's all about youth. It's all about younger. It's all about, you know, getting hair plants and, and uh, caps on your teeth and, uh, uh, you know, being physically fit. And, you know, uh, I, when people say that, uh, uh, what do they say, 50 is the new 40? I don't want to give those 10 years away. They, I earned every one of them. I earned every one of them. But, so, not all healing takes place this side of eternity. Not all healing takes place this side of eternity. And there, again, there are things that are going on that we don't understand. It's like going back to the, the parent-child relationship. And I would, I would dearly like to have one more day with, with, with Reed or, 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 or any other loved one that has passed away. And I will have those days in eternity, just not now. So did God say no? When God says no, it's, it, 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 what does it say here? That, that, that the prayer of faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you will be healed. There's a, uh, uh, there's a, there's a hymn, uh, a Spirit of God. You know that, you know that hymn? Spirit of God, descend upon my soul. You know that, you know that, that hymn? Yeah, there's a line in that hymn that says, Teach me the patience of unanswered prayer. Teach me the patience of unanswered prayer. God answers all prayer, but not the way that we think. But I love this last line here. He says, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. The prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. I'm going to stand here and tell you that prayer always, always makes a difference. Always makes a difference. Sometimes prayer changes our circumstances. It always changes us. And let us never forget that part of our own maturation process is making space for the Holy Spirit to come in and do the work of transformation. And we can't do that. We can't do that. And we don't know what God's plans are. And we can't see beyond Today, we don't know what will happen tomorrow. And yesterday is gone. Our faith, our faith is based in what happened yesterday. 
and the day before that. Our faith is based on the historical veracity of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice upon the cross and the resurrection. That's well testified. Our faith is based on solid evidence of the resurrection and the claims of Christ. Our hope is in what is yet to come. And we don't know what's yet to come. But we know that God will never leave us or forsake us, and we know that He has a plan. So our faith and our hope, Paul said these three things, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, which is why the, 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 the love uh, portrait up on the wall there is bigger than faith and hope. But love is where faith and hope collide in the present moment. Love is where faith and hope collide, where, where the past and the future collide in the present moment. James is telling us here that God wants a singing church. I like that. James is telling us that God wants a, a, a healing church, a place where we can come and confess our sins. That was the wrong reference that I gave. Uh, the, the, that, uh, oh, the other hymn, the balm in Gilead, it's not an explosive device, it's a, it's a salve. The balm of Gilead does what? It heals the sin-sick soul. That's what James is talking about here. Sin makes us sick. It takes away from, from the abundant life that God wants us to have. It diminishes our fellowship with God. And James says, if we can confess our sins to one another then you get that out of the way and you can move forward and you can hold one another accountable. So important. James says that God desires a a, a singing church, a healing church, and a praying church. And it's a mystery. But when we say that prayer doesn't work, we need to be very, very careful about what we're talking about. And remember that prayer is more than asking God for things. But we try to figure it out. Am I saying it wrong? Am I going to the wrong people? Do I need a certain kind of oil? Is there a special formula that if I just get it right, God will give me what I want? And there's the mistake. Because prayer is never about me. Well, it is, but it isn't. Prayer is about helping me lean in to who God truly is. To come to that place where I can wrap my mind around unanswered prayer. Or to even accept graciously that God is saying no. And remember that that I'm the child, that, that God is the parent. Many times in the past I have said that God is the legitimate mystery in our lives. We will never be able to fully understand and unpack who God is. We just can't do it because we are finite and God is infinite. And a God that you could fully, completely understand and comprehend would be finite as well. That's not our God. And it dawned on me just the other day 
that prayer is the same way. Prayer, not only is it us talking talking with God, but prayer is also that legitimate mystery in our lives. It's not something that we are ever going to fully comprehend and understand this side of eternity. But as you look at the, at the five, six different kinds of prayer that are out there, if one of them's not working for you, instead of writing off the other six or the other five, and there are probably more, but I'm running out of time. If one kind of prayer is not working for you, step away from it for a while and engage in the others and just see if God doesn't meet you where you are. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org.